Hi, Steve here. The daily news headlines prove one thing. The world is a very fragile place now. That means it's time to prepare for more instability. Let me ask you something. Do you have enough emergency food on hand to get you through severe shortages? Most people don't. That's why I recommend My Patriot Supply, America's largest emergency preparedness company. Act quickly and you'll save $150 off their vital three-month emergency food kit, which contains a wide variety of delicious meals designed to give you over 2,000 calories a day. You get breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks. Three solid months worth per person. This is something every American will soon wish they had ordered. These kits are in stock and ship fast. Your order will arrive quickly in unmarked boxes for your privacy. Go to preparewiththinkaboutit.com and save $150 on each three-month food kit you need. But do it now. That's preparewiththinkaboutit.com. Don't be a victim. Survive what's coming. Go to preparewiththinkaboutit.com. Hi, Steve here. I've done plenty of videos exposing this worldwide psychological operation against humanity and the continuing cover-up, even to this day. Maybe it's already too late for one or several of your loved ones. So for you, I'm truly sorry. But for those who are still being deceived, these videos are for them. Like the Apostle John said, I say to you now, I have not written to you because you don't know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. I want you to listen as this former ER registered nurse gives her testimony. Uh, I was a registered nurse in emergency. Uh, well, being a healthcare worker, I believe that they rolled it out to us early. I think that if they hadn't have got the healthcare workers on board, nobody else is going to take this experiment. So, and you said that in other countries they did the healthcare people last. Well, they didn't do them first. So as soon as they did the vulnerable, which we all thought it was just going to be the vulnerable. They then went after us. So yeah. they went after us straight away. So we were that 1B group. Um, if we didn't take it, no one else is going to take it. Yeah. You know, the resistance would have been huge. So if you can imagine if they'd gone after general public first and there was a huge amount of resistance, there's no way the healthcare workers would have taken it. Yeah. Interesting point. Were you frightened of it at all? Um, well, I missed the memo that it was actually an experiment that was hush-hushed very quickly. I've since seen the videos of uh, Greg Hunt announcing that, you know, this is the world's biggest experiment, they've never done this before, it's actually an experimental vaccine and they've got no data. So... If you'd seen that, what would have happened? Well, if I'd seen that, I would never have put myself up to be a guinea pig in a worldwide experiment, for a start. Um, but yeah, I didn't find out until after I'd had both shots. Okay, we'll talk about how you came to get the shot, that story you said of the person coming in. Yeah, so um, 
we were, it was the first month, March of 2021. And, uh, you know, they were getting their stuff to, um, you know, encouraging their staff by, you know, saying it's all safe and effective. We've done all the testing. Um, no mention of it being an experiment, no mention of it, you know, being rushed through, no mention of any of the animal studies dying. There was nothing. Um, and any of the research that you had or any of the questions you had, they said, um, oh, yeah, here's the information. They provide it to you. Or if you went onto the computers at work, there'd be little icons that you would click on. It was all controlled information, you know, and no one has time when you're that busy in emergency, you don't have time to go and research. And um, why would you question or not trust your own employer, Queensland Health, your own government and the World Health Organization? I mean, that's, that's crazy talk. Mm. Uh, so yeah, March, 2021, our boss, the head of our um, nursing team, the nurse unit manager would come and she would ask for hands up before each shift and uh, hands would go up, you know, this person, this person and that person, come with me, like cattle, come with me, let's go down to the vaccine clinic at the hospital and have your injection. So this was happening every shift, every day for weeks and weeks and weeks. And if you didn't want it or you had questions, you were offered counselling until you either got it or you stepped away. There was only one worker that I know of out of hundreds of staff that refused. Everybody else got it. And there were young women who were concerned that fertility testing hadn't been done and were crying. They were crying before they had to get it and they balked. I know one particular young girl, she balked at the, the idea of being forced to have this injection and they ended up counselling her after the fact, days and weeks later, and got her on board and she's now fully vaccinated. So it's heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking that this has happened. Okay, so what happened after, say, your first year? Uh, it was about a week, I think, maybe two weeks later. Um, I was, okay. oh, sorry. Woke up 12 hours later with the worst pressure in my head um, I don't want to call it a migraine because I don't know what that is. It just felt like brain swelling. The worst ever. And feverish and like I'd been hit by a train. Uh, we went to work and we were all working through this and every symptom was normalised. Oh, that's okay. That means your immune system's working. Yeah, that's okay. Oh, I got a headache too. It's fine. Just go and take some Panadol Nurofen and maybe some aspirin and you'll be fine. And this was literally for weeks and weeks and weeks. So if you had any side effects, you were offered pain relief and told it was perfectly fine. You know, don't worry. Um, it was about the second week I was walking through a car park of a shopping centre and uh, I got really short of breath to the point that I was actually coupled over and I couldn't get any air in. I felt like I just, I was gasping for air. I've never had any breathing pr problems at all. Um, severe chest pain, left-sided chest pain. Um, I thought I was having a heart attack. So I went inside, managed to get to a chair. I sat down in the seat for about 15, 20 minutes. Um, it resolved um, the lightheadedness, the dizziness that was 
there as well. It all resolved. I ended up going to work and um, they triaged me because I happened to be talking to it to one of my colleagues about it and they thought it was a bit unusual, they better check it out. And everything came back normal. I wasn't having a heart attack and I didn't have a blood clot. So, uh, yeah, and it was, you know, I was just one of many. Uh, I don't know about with co-workers, but one of many. I mean, I saw so many patients coming in with chest pain. Really? Talk so, about that. What age limit groups and sec- genders? Oh, look, both, both genders, um, all ages. So as the months progressed and um, the general population started to be vaccinated, um, I was like carnage. It was like carnage. And after my second vaccine... Before you go, when you say carnage, like, were they saying the same symptoms, headaches, or was it just heart? A lot of cardiac problems. So a lot of shortness of breath, a lot, so much chest pain, unbelievable amount of chest pain. It was unbelievable. Um, Were your colleagues saying that this is something strange or they're just going, this is normal? Well, we get a lot of chest pain anyway. The only difference for me was I'd already had similar symptoms. So I started asking people, have you just been vaccinated? I was asking everybody that came in. And? On the quiet. (laughs) And? And the only... um, common denominator between all these people over these three months that I was there for between July, August and September was they'd all just received some sort of vaccine in the last six weeks. And I was seeing everything, heart attacks, blood clots, early pregnancy loss, my first case of shingles. How long of early, how many early pregnancies? Four in one shift. Oh. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, so... Um, Four in one shift. Yeah, and two of them that I had asked had been vaccinated. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so you're seeing all this. The, the denominator was the vaccine. But you had the second? Yeah. So I didn't actually start to... uh, Is there anything you want to finish before you get there? Oh, no. Uh, So I had the second one. um, Why did you have the second one? (laughs) Well, because um, the threats of uh, losing your job were already there. So... uh, And you weren't in a position to lose your job? Well, I just... I didn't know the bigger picture at that point. I hadn't really started doing my own research. Crazy. Uh... But I didn't really know exactly what was going on. So I, I waited about three and a half, four months before I had my second one. And I was actually feeling fine. Um, I felt like I was back to normal. Uh, my health had returned. And then in uh, yeah middle of last year, I went and had my second one. And I was fine for about a week. And then it hit me and... Honestly, I thought I was finished, gone. The pain in my head had returned, but next level, and that pain just went everywhere. It was like every cell of my body was on fire, like my body was burning from the insides. I was dripping with sweat. Um, I was red all over. I couldn't think straight. There was like this, it felt like something was moving in the back of my head, like 
like a ripple of water or something was going between my left and right ear. It was bizarre, I know. It sounds like I'm a nutcase, but <laughs> uh, that's all I can describe it like. And I described it to my partner as... Um, I've just been injected with a toxic poison. That were the two words I remember using. And he was looking at me like, what? Because he was still thinking it was all legit. <laughs> yeah, and I just said to him, I'm done. This is it. I'm finished. I'm going to die. And for, like, for three days, I kept crying. I was just a basket case thinking, what have they just done to me? You know? Uh, and I knew at that point that something really bad was going on. So it was then I started asking did you have heart issues as well? Uh, the, the chest pain didn't start again until uh, a couple more months later. Um, but it was just that, um, and I kept checking my temperature and I kept checking everything. And there was no way I was going back to hospital. <laughs> Why would I go back to the hospital that's just tried to kill me, right? <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, I just started asking all these patients, every patient that came in, if I had the opportunity, in your nursing assessment, they come in and when you get handover from the QAS team or when they come in as a new patient, you do this assessment. So you take a history, you know, you're doing all their bloods and your, their, you know, their observations. And I got really good at asking whether they were vaccinated. I just chuck it in at the end, you know. Have you taken any new medications? You know, have you done anything new? Uh, anything changed for you? No, no. And just the recurring theme for all these people was that they'd all received this vaccine. And I'm thinking, okay, days are going by and I'm seeing all these different presentations. You know, some guys are coming in with cellulitis in their, in their legs. Another guy had cellulitis in his face, both in the same shift. One guy knew. One guy said to me, everything's been fine until I got the vaccine. And I said to him, what one did you get? And he said, I got Pfizer. And I said, and that's it? That's the only difference for you? And he said, yep. And I went, maybe you should not have any more. <laughs> and I just, I was thinking, you know what? If this is my only way to tell these people, I've got to tell them. So I just started saying, don't have any more. <laughs> it, was, it was carnage. Yeah. What was happening to you? Uh, well, the pain kept getting worse. <laughs> the pain kept getting worse. It was so bad. And uh, I was just taking pain relief just to get through my shifts. Uh, and then, um, sorry. Uh, and then I started doing my own research. And then what I found was that we were, in, we were in this mass experiment and that the government and our, and our health department had basically lied to everybody. And it was so heartbreaking because I'd watched all of these young girls all of my colleagues <laughs> yeah so it was just it's devastating but yeah finish that you watched all your young colleagues 
I watched all my young colleagues go and get this 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 uh, this experiment, and um, you know, I I went into the break room and I said to them, you know, you know, we're in this mass experiment, right? That they've got no data, and um, I had a lot of them unfriend me uh, on social, and they just they couldn't wrap their head around, you know. <laughs> It's, it's, it, you know, it's crazy talk. It, is, it sounds crazy talk. It's crazy talk, you know, that your government is doing this. And, um, and yeah, a lot of them just couldn't, they couldn't face what I was saying. And uh, I went, I was so angry. I was so angry. But they were seeing what you were seeing. Yeah, but, uh, you know, unless you're asking, unless you're asking these patients that are coming in, you're not making a connection. So if I'm the only one asking and nobody else is asking, and nobody else is seeing it. Because this is all normal presentations for them. We see all of this, every, like, every week. Um, but I knew it wasn't normal, and I had no way of proving it. All I had were the clinical trials, which suggested to me that they hadn't done any testing, and they hadn't done any fertility testing, which was the thing that was, for me, the most devastating thing, because all these young women were being pushed into this experiment without the data. And they were saying to them, it's safe. And I'm thinking, what? This is just an out and out lie right now. It's, it's a complete lie. And I ended up um, having to take some sick leave. Um, but just before I went on sick leave, uh, I was chatting to a colleague and um, I was so angry when I went in and I said, I'm so angry with Queensland Health. I'm so angry with them. I cannot believe that they've done this to all of us um, and that they've sold it like they've done the data, like they've got the data ready to, to show. And she's looking at me like, what? And I said, I don't care about me. It's not about me. It's about all of them. And it's, oh, it's just, it's, it's crazy. But it's, um, yeah, I've, I went through a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of emotions last year because I knew that I couldn't, I couldn't, I could not continue to work in a place that had such, well, had no regard for their staff. And, um, and I just, I couldn't work out how far up the chain the knowledge went, you know, or how far down, I should say, because, <laughs> you know, it starts at the top mm. and they all know. And how far down did it go? I mean, did our, did our nurse manager know? Because I've been told since that, that they didn't want to have the injection. Wow. Um, like how far down the chain did it go? And are all these people, can, like, are they, are they in on it? I don't know, um, but I can tell you now that a lot of the healthcare workers still have no idea. They have no idea that this is an, is an experiment. They've got no idea that there's no data. Because they, they just trust. They're trusting their employer and they're trusting their government. And it's time to not trust them anymore. <laughs> yeah, so... 
Um, I couldn't work there anymore, so I took sick leave and just September was my last shift and I, I just I didn't go back and I refused to hand in my certificate. Uh, part of the deal was that you had to hand your, you know, your vaccine certificate in and I thought, I'm not playing this game of tyranny anymore. Uh, so I offered a hard copy and uh, which was part of the deal, you know, you could, could do one of two things. You could give them your hard copy or you could give them an uploaded certificate onto their, you know, secure and safe database. And I read the terms and conditions and I read their, uh, their privacy policy and um, in their privacy policy it says, you know, we will share your data. I went, well, I'm not doing that. So anyway, they refused. They said, no, nah, you haven't complied, so you're going to be stood down. I got stood down on the 1st of November and, um, yeah, I never went back. Uh, they wrote me a stand-down letter and then I responded to them. What did it say in the stand-down letter? Oh, that I hadn't complied with it, you know, eight directives or however many they, they sent out. Um, and, uh, yeah, basically that I'd not complied. So I replied to them which I have a copy of, and I'm happy to provide it. Sure. Um, I replied to them and I said, uh, I'm actually a believer in God. <laughs> and I would have actually applied for an exemption, a religious exemption, because there would have been no way, now I know what's in these vaccines, that I would ever have agreed to be injected with an aborted baby, a part of an aborted baby, that doesn't agree with me. That doesn't sit with me. Morally, that is, is it's, it's bankrupt to me. So there's, there was that little bit. But the nice little bit at the end, which was four pages, may I add, was uh, here are all the clinical trials, Queensland Health, and you haven't done any of the testing. So because you haven't done any fertility testing, because you haven't done any cancer testing, because you haven't done any toxicity studies, could you please provide me with all of the studies that you've got that say it's safe and effective? They sacked me pretty quickly. So the evidence they gave me were um, two emails and two videos that they'd made. That's where they directed me for their science. And I just thought, oh my God. What was in them? Uh, it was a lady sitting there, you know, being filmed on a camera saying that, you know, talking about the fact that the, the vaccines were safe and effective. There's no other real hard data or anything? No, no, like, um, actual scientific studies, yeah. you know, no long-term data to say, you know, here's all the, here's all the results of the clinical trials. Yeah. Um, no, none of that. Here are the animal studies, yeah, here yeah, are the people the studies. Yeah, and it's funny because once the, um, once the Pfizer data dump happened in October... I actually got the data and I knew then that everything that I had just witnessed unfold in the emergency department and all of the side effects that I'd seen were legitimate. It gave me validation that what I had just witnessed over the last three months was actually a side effect from the vaccines. You know, you know the man that was seizing a day after Moderna, never had a seizure in his life? Of course. And I, I'm saying to the doctor, I think it's the vaccine. No, it couldn't be the vaccine. Okay. I said to the guy, you may, I wouldn't be having any more of those things. There's no data. But why did you run? You said, what were you trying to achieve? 
Um, I just thought it was a way of, of, of having a platform, a public platform to take the message out a bit more and to wake a few more people up and to, um, to get people on board um, with the fact that, you know, your government hates you and wants you dead, <laughs> basically. Let's I didn't honest. see that billboard. <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> I think it's hidden amongst all the propaganda. <laughs> now, why, why do you think there's so much resistance to that? Uh, I think because uh, people just want to get on with their lives. They, they, you know, it's easy. It's so it's so easy to to let somebody else take control. It's so easy to um, not take responsibility about um, the bigger picture. So, um, you know, what the government does, what, what decisions they make on your behalf. And, you know, it's been designed like that for a reason. You know, how many people know about what goes on with the legislation? How many people know about the constitution? So um, I think they've designed it like that and, and people are so happy to submit, to comply, and to, to not take responsibility for the decisions, the big picture decisions. That, that's your belief, that they're actually happy to submit? I think they're happy to submit because it, it, it takes the onus off themselves. You know, if they submit, and also I think there's a bit of, they wanna, they wanna follow the norm and they wanna be part of the big group. And if they're part of the big group and not stand out, then um, they're accepted. I think there's that that whole issue of being accepted, um, but it's 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 time to not really care about that because it's the whole future of our kids and our grandkids that's at stake. So it's it's the whole of civilization, really. It's humanity. And I'm just going to go with this, and if it, if it doesn't work, I'll stop. But how has this affected your relationship and your family? you waking up uh, it was a battle last year a battle so uh, when I realised what truly was going on and I realised that this was part of a global agenda can I stop you did you how did you, did you feel very alone at that moment uh, I felt a, more afraid then than I did about the pandemic if that makes sense I was never really afraid of this pandemic thing uh, I never really uh, made me fear, and that's not the reason I went and got vaccinated, um, but uh, when I was going through this whole awakening, I didn't want to live in fear anymore, you know, and, and I think I was afraid that um, we were all going to die, you know, that this agenda was going to be fulfilled and this depopulation was going to go ahead and we were all going to be gone. So that was, I was more afraid of that. Um, but it, um, there was a lot of fighting in my house, a lot of fighting, uh, just to try and try and get my point across and to try and protect my kids um, because the four kids had no idea. Uh, yeah, so, and there's so much brainwashing at that level, but my partner and I, we're just toing and froing the whole time for, for months and weeks, you know, trying to get him to understand there was this big agenda at play. Um, so it's kind of drip feeding him bits of information, getting him on some, you know, independent media. <laughs> um, so it wasn't until this year, really, 
where we've surrounded ourselves with like-minded people and he's really taken what they've been saying on board. So it's really been great in that respect because um, if it hadn't been for meeting all of these other awake people, he might still be, you know, following the narrative and not really believing that there was something evil at play. But now, um, finally, he's on board. Uh, this is part three, and this is just to uh, catalogue some of the things you saw before you lost your job. Yeah, um, so heart attacks, that was a big one. Um, all ages, uh, blood clots, one and all sorts of places. Um, so lungs, you know, um, one gentleman came in who had received a vaccine shortly before, uh, came in and he had a blood clot from his toe or from his ankle to his groin. So he needed to be transferred out. If he didn't get it operated on, he could lose his leg. What, the blood clot was the whole way? The whole way down his leg. So, um... So right the way from the top of his leg yeah, to his... Yeah, it was his, including the whole... Right the way from the top of his leg to his toe. Correct. Yeah. Um, is that possible? Is that, is that common? I've never seen it before. Um, but we know that these uh, injections are, create clotting factor. Um, and it's interesting because I think the D-dimer, which is a clotting, blood clotting um, test they do to see if you've actually got a blood clot, I, I believe Queensland Health changed the parameter and they put it up, but I can't be certain of that. You'd have to fact-check me on that. Um, We've heard people find it very, it's very hard to get that test. To get a D-dimer? Yeah. Yeah, you only get it if you go into emergency. If you try and get it from your GP, I think they're not allowed to give it. No, they're not allowed to give it. <clears throat> um, uh, seizures? Yep, a lot of ab abdominal pain. Talk about the seizures first. What, like full-on seizures? Just what sort of seizures? Yeah, so I had one lady come in and she'd had a seizure on the way to the hospital. Her husband was picking her up. Um, she'd been in some respite care. Husband picked her up. She had a, se a massive seizure on the way to the hospital. Lasted a really long time. Got her to the hospital. She'd had one seizure in her whole life. It wasn't on any medication. Hadn't had a seizure for over 50 years. Vaccinated. Had a seizure that morning, or oh, that day, got to the hospital. She had three more seizures while I took care of her. <clears throat> um, yeah, it was horrible. And I'd be surprised if she was still with us. She was, yeah. Um, a lady came in and she uh, had a tumour that was stable. And she came in with severe shortness of breath. And all of a sudden, she had tumours on the other side as well. Um, quite quickly. I think she was three weeks post AstraZeneca. Um, lots of abdominal pain. Um, I think increased rates of uh, appendix being removed. Um, oh, um, another gentleman I looked after was having, um, was two days post Moderna. Moderna had just been released that week for the public to have. And he came in for something completely unrelated. He was bitten by a dog and he started convulsing on the bed. And I was like, oh my God, what's happening? Uh, I actually spoke to the doctor about it and they said, I said, I think it's the Moderna shot. And they said, couldn't possibly be. Anyway, um, what else have I seen? Um, How about the 
the pregnancy losses? Yeah, look, uh, a couple of the young women um, knew or suspected that it had something to do with that. Um, How did they cope with that? It's devastating, you know. It's devastating for anybody to lose their pregnancy. Um, and then, you know, a couple don't want to know. Like, they've switched off. And, and, and the babies that are born with issues? Uh, look, I only know one I've, that I was my client that I looked after and the baby had been born with um, all of their internal organs outside of the body. Uh, it's quite rare, but both young parents that were vaccinated, doubly vaccinated, potentially triply vaccinated. Um, and I know of four other cases of that particular. So it's rare, but you now you know of five altogether. Yeah, I've been told of four extra cases. Um, a very good friend of mine's brother, 53-year-old, was told that he couldn't have chemo. He had uh, melanoma. Uh, and he couldn't receive treatment if he hadn't got vaccinated. And I found it unbelievable because anyone that had cancer was actually removed from the trials. So to be encouraging these people with cancer to go and get vaccinated again with a drug that they've got no studies on, it's just it's criminal. It's criminal. And where's he now? Uh, he's palliative. He's, he's, his cancer has exploded. It's, it's, it's everywhere. He's riddled with it and... Um, yeah, he's not got long. This month, the World Council for Health, which represents 70 bodies worldwide, has called for a global recall of all vaccines because worldwide, 40,000 deaths that the safety databases across the world, 40,000 in the big ones, VAERS, the yellow card system, the VigiSafe, and the UDRIS system, 40,000 deaths with the vaccines unacceptably high. Typical standard for any biologic product is 50 deaths, pull it off the market, something's gone wrong. 50, not 40,000. So when there is a global recall by an international organization, this committee ought to be having emergency meetings. What are we going to do? A worldwide body has called for these to pull off the market. They're still giving it. You just heard from the pharmacy director ahead of me. He's still giving them out. When there's a worldwide call, uh, call recall, there should be some committee meeting so you have it down. I mean, you can tell something is going wrong here that we're in trouble in terms of vaccine safety. Dr. Malone has covered vaccine efficacy, which has largely waned. I will just tell you that the CDC told us as of December 10th, 2021, with the Omicron strain, 79% of people with Omicron were fully vaccinated. That is prima facie evidence that the vaccines have completely failed. Now, fast forward, as deaths started to occur, people started to get very, very uncomfortable. You saw all the pushbacks, protests, all kinds of worldwide uh, uh, feelings of great vaccine hesitancy because people were dying shortly after the vaccine. Papers were published. 50% of the deaths occur within 48 hours, 80% within a week. We know the vaccines installed the genetic material for the Wuhan spike protein that was manipulated in a biosecurity lab in Wuhan, China. There are now a thousand papers published on the spike protein and the vaccines, a thousand that deal with vaccine injuries, and they're well characterized. And the FDA agrees the vaccines cause blood clots, the vaccines cause heart damage, the vaccines cause neurologic damage, they also cause well characterized immunologic and hematologic system damage. This is in the peer reviewed literature. This is not 
equivocal. This is not a subject of controversy or debate. It's in our literature. There are now brand new diseases named after COVID-19 vaccine injuries. As of June 17, 2022, our CDC VAERS system has and certified 13,388 Americans who have died with the vaccine. Now, either they've taken it electively or they were forced into it. That's 13,388 people who have lost their lives prematurely due to these vaccines. The vaccines qualify by the Bradford Hill criteria, which is a, it's a it's organized set of criteria on causality. They qualify as causing these deaths according to these epidemiologic criteria. I'm a trained epidemiologist. I am, I am uh, expert in applying these criteria on a more probable than not basis and almost, uh, almost certainly uh, 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 clear and convincing that these vaccines are causing death. There is only one hope for any man or woman. For those who've already gone on into eternity, their fate, their destiny, their eternal life has already been determined by the choices they made during this life. Not everything that happens to us is our fault. Many people took these jabs, this poison injection, making these people filthy rich, these drug companies, Bill Gates, and the rest of them. But this is part of the bigger plan. And the bigger plan is these Luciferians and globalists want to depopulate on a massive scale. They've got the money to do it. They've got the money to continue to use mainstream media to cover up the truth. Social media oligarchs who own these, they can pay them because they own these companies to continue to cover up the facts and the truth. So millions and millions more people will die. But this infection injection that I call it is not the only thing they're covering up. They're covering up many other things they're using to destroy humanity. Don't believe everything you hear. Investigate it, check it out for yourself. But ultimately there's only one hope for your eternal soul. And that is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If you don't know him, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you are walking around like a ticking time bomb. And when your life ends like that, you'll enter eternity and you'll enter lost. You'll enter into an eternity that no one's worst nightmare could ever describe. And if you think this is a joke, or you think this is just a creation of man, that it's just like another religion, it's just something man developed. It'll be too late for you in eternity. There's no second chance in eternity. You're making your choice right now. Choose Jesus. God sent his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish for eternity, but will have eternal life through him. If you'd like to know him, but you just don't know how to pray or how to ask him into your heart and your life, I leave a link in the description box below in every video I do. 
Go down there now and click on that link and ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Think about it.